Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm talking with Derek Irving. A senior vice president of Tech Unicorn Work Human. How are you doing, Derek? Very well, thank you, Ronan. Thanks for the invite. No problem. Before we start, tell us a bit about your background so you know who you are. Yeah, so um, I'm Derek Irvine. I'm with Work Human about uh, 22 years now at this stage. I'm part of the original uh, founding group uh, that came together to support uh, Eric Mosley, our original co founder. Uh, before that, I worked in, uh, uh, so I'm two decades in the human resource business, yeah. uh, helping companies to create great workplace cultures. Um, I'm the author of three books on the topic, um, uh, Creating a Cultural Recognition, The Power of Thanks, which we'll talk about a great deal, I'm sure, and uh, the most recent book, Making Work Human. Um, before that, I worked in consulting and uh, brand marketing. I, I was responsible for international marketing for Jemison Irish Whiskey um, nice. before I joined Work Human. Uh, and that's a great success story, a great Irish success story, too, as Work Human is yeah. an Irish success story. Yeah, well, I think Jemison over the years has grown again to be a well known brand. And the same as Work Human's grown as well to be a well known brand. So it's good to see two Irish companies doing very well in different sectors. Absolutely. I mean, over the years, we've been a little bit disappointed in some ways with the coverage we receive in Ireland. But it, it, it's natural because we chose very early on to make our biggest marketplace in the United States. Um, we had early wins in Europe, but we could see that the United States market was more receptive to our message. So we yeah. took most of our, our sales and marketing dollars over there to begin with. So we were achieving great success. And in fact, this day, we are really the number one provider of employee recognition solutions and continuous performance development in the United States. And, and sometimes it feels like we don't get credit for that in, in Ireland, but that's because we're not as active from a sales and marketing point of view. But we have our technology hub is absolutely securely based in Ireland, as is our finance. And we do also have customer uh, and, uh, and, and sales uh, happening in Dublin, too. I've done interviews with companies before, and, and their main clients would be in America. And in Ireland, they wouldn't be that well-known, because basically, that's not what their client base is. And, and I'm thinking, like yourselves, they figured, well, they said, well, we don't really care about that, because our market is America, not Ireland is such a small pond. Yeah, I mean, it, it's part of the DNA, I think, of any Irish company, a bit like Jemison, too. Yeah. Um, you know, you can be born in Ireland, uh, but to succeed, you export. Yeah. Uh, and it's just part of the DNA of the Irish economy, which thankfully we've been very successful at doing as an Irish economy, uh, work human being an example. Uh, but the brand is super important in Ireland from a, an attraction of talent point of view. Yeah. Uh, as I said, we particularly have our technology hub, our innovation hub is very much uh, anchored in Dublin. Um, so there's a, there's a strong brand message to put into the market in terms of this is a great place to work, come work with us, uh, because we have incredibly interesting um, careers. Now, getting back to work here, tell me about how organizations can use recognition to shape the future of work and redefine the company culture. Yeah, so, you know, recognition, uh, as, as we were chatting about just be before we, we went on camera, um, you know, it's a very simple word, thanks. Yeah. It's a super 
common sense word that we, we use every day. But not a lot of people know that when you really go to the trouble of thanking somebody, like thanking you, Ronan, for the opportunity to speak to you today, you know, thank you for the insights yeah. that I know you're going to bring out and you're going to give to uh, other people. Thanking somebody creates a hormone release in our bodies. Uh, there's serotonin released when yeah. you are the receiver of an appreciation thank you message because suddenly you feel seen, you feel appreciated for something you did. And when you have that happiness hormone released in you, it just makes you feel better, which has all sorts of impacts in terms of feeling more engaged in your workplace. You're more inclined to be outgoing to yeah. other colleagues, you're more inclined to, believe it or not, sleep better, be less depressed. There's all sorts of benefits that come from thanking people. So what we've discovered over the last two decades is that you can harness that thanks by creating employee recognition programs, or we prefer to call them social recognition programs, because it's really about a grassroots up recognition of each other that happens frequently and often. And when everybody is having that sense of, I feel seen, I feel thanked, and that you're feeling seen and thanked for living the company values, for doing something special in your skill set. It's a time of pride in the organization. This shifts a company culture. This yeah. will put the company culture in a more positive trajectory. It can help with difficult times also. It's a real lever, unlike any other lever, you know, that I can think of in HR. I mean, pay doesn't really move culture in the same way. Benefits, neither. Those are the things that get people to turn up at their desk. But when you make, when you appeal to people's spirit and make them feel well and better about themselves, it impacts culture in an extremely positive way. I think if you look at a startup uh, that started five years ago, and, you, and if you see most of the staff that are, against are still there, that's because the word thanks has been used so much. Exactly. I mean, it's amazing when you look across our client set and our clients include, you know, there's wonderful case studies we have from people like LinkedIn that everybody will know, yeah. Merck Pharmaceutical, you'll know, AstraZeneca. And there's like a magic number of between sort of five and seven thank you moments during a year that if the average employee is receiving five to seven thank yous, now that doesn't seem like much when you think about how often do you say yeah. thank you to people in your, in your average day it actually reduces in half the likelihood that people will leave LinkedIn, Merck Pharmaceutical, AstraZeneca. And when you think about the expense of recruiting employees into organizations like that, they're expensive, engineers, technicians. Yeah. And to reduce that number in half as a consequence of just receiving five to seven thank you moments, I mean, that's a pretty big impact. Uh, and thankfully in WorkHuman, uh, we've invested considerably in capturing that data in a, in a scientific way. We have what we call a work human uh, IQ. It's a research institute to create fully validated case studies. Um, and, and that data, you know, more and more of our customers are seeing that data and they're coming on onto the programs too. Well, to me, it's more about the words and the money. Like if, for example, you get a pay rise, I'd rather someone say thank you than getting the pay rise. The pay rise doesn't say much at all. Thank you says more, much more. Exactly, exactly. I mean, there's research that shows that people will stay in organizations for the friendship yeah. um, before they'll move just for a pay increase. There's a, there's a law of diminishing returns. You have to be paid quite a lot more to move from a place where you feel seen and you have friends. Although that's an interesting topic too, friendship in the worst place. Because I think in, in the remote and hybrid world that we're in right now, what we're certainly seeing with our clients 
is a decline in friendship. Yeah. You know, because there's just less opportunity to be with your colleagues. Um, and I like to talk about it as the difference between the transactional work and the emotional work. You know, during COVID and, and today, we're doing great with the transactional. You know, we're getting through our emails, we're getting our to-do lists done from a project point yeah. of view. The transactional is absolutely doing fine. But what's really suffering is the emotional side, the laughing together, the spontaneous idea, the moment of pride, the moment of insight together. And that's really where we're human as a software company. Uh, and it seems strange to say, well, how does software help that? Um, work human software is essentially a prompter to encourage more human connection moments. And by having social news feeds, by having all of the approval loops built in, uh, people are encouraged to thank each other yeah. and to celebrate with each other. Um, uh, uh, as well as the, the other area that we've entered recently is continuous performance management, uh, you know, which is about talking to each other very authentically um, so between those three words, thanking each other, celebrating together, and talking authentically to each other, we've been able to push up that emotional connectedness um, by by huge measure. You know, I guess COVID has impacted on that because when you're talking about friendships, I'm thinking of the early off air, but the work in a moment, and that's kind of gone now at the moment because of that, so we, we can't have that anymore as such, but... There's other ways we can do it as well, and I'm sure Rocky Human has got other ways of making sure that you're still appreciated and loved. Yes, exactly. Like, I mean, COVID is, is, uh, is an enormous challenge. I mean, we're all living through it. And I think in 2023, you know, the hope is that maybe things will settle down, that we'll become used to this new normal, because I don't think we've arrived at the new normal yet. Um, and I'm sure you're seeing it, Ronan, in the yeah. tech world. You know, there's many... Um, companies that are we're going remote fully and we'll never go back we're completely remote and then there's others that are comfortably in a hybrid zone and then there's others that are you know we can't live like this we have to be together yeah. <laughs> you have to come in um so i think it's going to take into 2023 for that to settle down as to as to what's right for each organization but my advice really is we're all seeking new ways of working. We can't just uh, slip back to the ways that we used two years ago. We require new ways of working. And my advice um, is to be very intentional about boosting that emotional side. Yeah. Because I feel the transactional side has tons of tools. You know, the Slack and there's project management tools coming out of every corner. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the emotional side that has suffered most. And you need to be very intentional to boost that. And of course, that's where, you know, work human comes in, in, in being very intentional about thanking each other, being very intentional about celebrating. And I'm not just talking about years of service. I'm talking about, you know, I graduate from university. My, uh, I have a new pet, a new house. You know, life happens around us. And those are wonderful emotional moments that your colleagues should be asked to be involved. It's an opportunity to create a spark of friendship. And then lastly, so thank, talk, and then lastly, or thank, celebrate, and lastly, so talk to each other, um, you know, abandoning, waiting for that annual performance review, but talking to each other in an authentic developmental way throughout the year. Those three things, being very intentional about boosting those, can re-level that transactional and emotional uh, levelers. Yeah, because I guess basically when you're using the technology now to, remote, to uh, remotely work, 
But the problem is we're not using technology to also help us get emotional and talk to our colleagues on a one-to-one -one basis like we used to do that. And we should be embracing technology and making sure that they can do that and use recruitment or other technologies to help us do that. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, the whole thing, I mean, we, we are all humans, and, yeah. and I have four of them at home. I have four tiny, I have double twins, uh, two boys that are uh, seven, two girls that are nine, so that they keep me busy. And, I mean, we all know how to do this child thing or this friendship-forming yeah. thing. You know, I mean, because if, if I was to apply some of the methods to my kids around, well, you're all doing very well in school, stick it in the project management tool, and I'll review it later, and we'll have an annual performance love-in, um, yeah, my kids be off the rails. Yeah. Uh, trouble. Uh, and you know that, yes, I need to review your homework. I need to know what you're doing at school. But we, you know, I will constantly be saying I love you because it's providing reinforcement. Yeah. Be constantly providing continuous development uh, rather than waiting for an annual review of my kids. I'll be constantly saying this I need you to continue because this is good. This is good behavior. This I need you to consider changing because pushing your brother out of the bath is not acceptable. Um, you know, it, we know how to do it in our family lives, but the problem, all right, is that in the workplace, and especially in COVID, we've had this hyper-dependency now on online tools. And to counterbalance that weighing scales, we need to be intentional to boost the emotional side. Although I'd say, you know, to be super careful that it's not only about just bringing together people for pizza. Yeah. You know, and, and that's where really the that thanking, talking, and celebrating comes in. Because behind each of those three words are genuine things that I care about. You know, if you say, hey, Derek, come in here, we're going to boost your emotional belonging by having pizza together. That's not a guarantee. Yeah. It might happen, <laughs> depending on how social, how extrovert I am. But if I'm brought to an event where it's, hey, Derek, or Ronan, we want to thank you for something special you did. You showed remarkable skill set on this project, that had the following result, and your colleagues are all here to celebrate what you did. You know, it, it, it's intentionally creating emotional spark about things that are really personal to you. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. You know, the, the pizzas and the, and, and the table tennis and what have you, it's a bit more about throw spaghetti at the wall and hope for something good. Yeah. Uh, whereas what we do, much more intentional... Uh, and, and we see the results. We see the results uh, as a consequence. Yeah, because to me, if you're working in a company and you don't get much interaction with, with your fellow colleagues, you're not sure how you're doing. And, and he's mentioned about, about your kids. If your kids come home and you ask them, how was your school day? And, and, and they tell you, oh, it's great, but I'm having a bit of trouble with my maths or, or something else. Mm -hmm. If you sit down with them and go through that, you know, until the end of the year to be told by the review by the teacher, oh, by the way, the maths isn't great. Totally, totally. And I mean, I think the annual performance review is the most hated management method that, you know, was really invented during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, you know, this idea that you could save everything up for once a year and, you know, everybody hates filling out the tomes of, you know, check all these different boxes. It just requires instead, you know, the spontaneous, in the moment, catch it when it's live. Uh, and, and it does all sorts of incredible things as a result. It builds trust because people feel, well, you're watching out for me, you're giving me this feedback you know, when, when I need it. Uh, but it is very important also to say, it can't only be, the conversation can't only be about the things I need you to change in order to really boost the, the, the influence that that has. 
you've got to be respected by that person. And in our experience, the way you do that is that you're massively celebrating the things that you're good at, you know. Yeah. In fact, there's about a five to one relationship in our experience that if you're celebrating what you're great at, five to one, the one where you're saying there's something I need you to consider, I'd like you to think about changing, lands much better. If you don't have that goodwill built up by, you know, just appreciating all of the other good things people do, it can land very badly and it creates a kind of a, a, a defense mechanism where people want to fight uh, or flight yeah. uh, to run away from it or, or, or you know, or put, put up a pitch battle against the feedback. <laughs> the, I'm seeing behind you really a, a little poster where the thing says breathe. Now that's the one breathe, thing, if you're in a company and if you just sit back and breathe for a couple of minutes. Absolutely. Then take yeah. time every day to just do that and think, okay, breathe. And whatever problems you have, just Breathe in, breathe out, and let it get out of your way. And then you think, okay, now I'll go and talk to somebody about this issue I'm having. Absolutely. I mean, this is in our office in, uh, in, in Boston. I'm not in Boston at the moment, but yeah. it's an image from Boston. But it's a, it's a good analogy. And I, mean, I, I find that too with, um, with myself. I mean, I'm a leader of people at Work Human. Um, and, um, you know, just last week I had, I had a recognition. It was a thanks from a long-term colleague of mine. And her message started with, you know, I've I've been uh, I've been stressed and I've been under the weather recently. Frankly, I haven't felt the most engaged that I could be because I had lots of projects going on. Yeah. But there were a few things that you said at our one-to-one last week that changed my trajectory, Derek. You know, and and I want you to know that I want to give you that feedback and give me that recognition. Now, for that individual, I imagine that was a a, obviously a change of trajectory, the feedback, giving the recognition felt special for her. I'm quite sure while she was reading that message, it was a replay of where she was and how she changed. And then she pings it to me. And for me, it, it frankly made my day. Yeah. You know, it changed my day. It was my breathe moment. Yeah. Because in the midst of, am I late for meetings? Did I get that project done? Oh no, I have that thing tomorrow. Suddenly there's just this beautiful, highly authentic, personalized message my day was changed. Yeah. And you multiply that by thousands and thousands of those moments across uh, organizations, and we can successfully change the culture of the corporate world. And in turn, I would argue, we can successfully change the world. Because if, <laughs> if people are feeling better in their workplace, yeah. it plays all the way home. And when we were talking earlier, Ronan, about your family situation and in your dad's work, you know, when, when your dad had an opportunity to get recognized, it played its way all the way home into the family. Yeah. And also, to yeah. me, it's like roller moments. Who would you give your last roller to? Mm. It's very like that. If, you if, roller to yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, I always say, um, I always say, well, here's my last, is, who would you give your last pack of rollers to? But that, to me, is similar to a thank you. And that when you get in that, you're getting that, you feel, oh, that's so nice that actually gave that to me. Absolutely, absolutely. It is that. That's a nice analogy. Who you give me your last roller to? Yeah. But what's really encouraging, you know, over the years is is Work Human. We've really invested in catching the data um, because in the early years of, of Work Human, you know, all of this would have been seen as being a bit of a nice to have, cuddly toy. Yeah. It was very good. And you know, you do training on it, and everybody would say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I'm on board." It's on my to do list to thank people more often. I, in fact, I write personal letters to people, and you know, say, "Oh, great, great, great." But the problem is it would always fall off the to-do list as the budget requirement came in. You have to do, you know, uh, HR evaluations or there's a launch or something coming up. 
it would always fall off the to-do list. Yeah. So what our software you know, is about is creating a ping. It's about creating a grassroots movement. We don't rely just on the manager. Most of the nominations we encourage come from the grassroots because they're yeah. the people who are closest to you. Um, the social nude feeds so people can amplify all of this. So, so now you have it happening at frequency. So it doesn't fall off the to-do list. And when you get it at frequency, the data, we're capturing this data, huge, huge impact. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the likes of LinkedIn, Merck Pharmaceutical, they've seen turnover drop in half, 50% reduction from those that receive somewhere between five to seven recognition moments in a year. Um, one of our most recent pieces of research is a huge boost to wellness. Yeah. We've done research with Gallup, uh, where we've shown in a, in a worldwide survey with Gallup 12,000 employees across a dozen countries, that those that receive this adequate thanks, this adequate, I see what you did, they're 72 times more likely to say that they're thriving. Yeah. That's huge. I can't think of any other HR lever that's going to have a 72% more likely to say I'm thriving. And to say you're thriving is high order, as you know. Yeah. I mean, thriving is like I'm in the flow. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling valued, you know. Big, big impacts. It's like that song, I'm feeling good. That's why you... <laughs> and you, you're, you're, you're sitting there going, yeah, I'm feeling good because basically everywhere around you is giving you the opportunity to thrive and you're allowed to do something... They give you space to do your own thing as well because you know that you'll thrive from that. Absolutely. I mean, you know, exactly. I mean, if you can have a trusted work environment where you feel autonomous, where you feel you have purpose, and where you feel seen, you yeah. know, which is what we're particularly talking about. Although, you know, it's a virtuous circle because it's being seen for living the purpose of the company. Yeah. It's being seen for being successfully autonomous. I mean, those are the perfect ingredients that lead to that thriving. I mean, we've all been in environments where, you know, you're micromanaged, somebody looking over your shoulder, and, you know, you don't have the autonomy, you're not sure why you're doing this work, and you're not seen. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. It's like, basically, you're seen but not heard. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you're seen sitting there. And, and in that type of work environment, I mean, where that type of work environment exists, I mean, I hate to think how that translates into the hybrid and remote world, and, and I suspect it's a very high degree of suspicion. Yeah. You know, people feeling, well, like, I find it harder. I can't see you anymore <laughs> in the physical sense. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know yourself, there's three types of organizations. There's those that are saying, look, we're going fully remote. We trust everybody. We're doing hybrid because we see the importance of the combination. Or we absolutely have to have everybody in. And I think absolutely having to have everybody in is driven by a lack of trust. Yeah. Uh, fundamentally. Well, to me, that's great because I'm looking, I've interviewed people who tell me that in their job, they were told could, they couldn't work remotely, it wouldn't happen. Mm. Lockdowns came within two days, they were able to do them. I'm thinking, well, I thought you, your boss said you couldn't do this. Yeah, well, the, uh, I think, like you said earlier, it's probably lack of trust. I think so. You know, I mean, it, it, it takes dramatic moments sometimes in an economy and, and in, in companies to prove dramatic points. Yeah. <clears throat> and we've had the hugest human workplace experience for the last two years. Um, I don't feel it's settled yet. I think into 2023 it'll take before it's, well, you know, fun. It reminds me back of 1800 when we had the, uh, 
we brought in um, machinery. You had Luddites coming in, and the machinery was taking over jobs. And now we've got the new machinery to me now is remote working. Yes, yes, that's a good analogy. It's true. It's it, it's that uh, disruptive, that much of a change factor. You're Absolutely. Good. Like earlier, you mentioned about the Victorians. I'm thinking about, but when you're seeing that herd, and they're talking about how they brought in the uh, the <clears throat> yearly uh, pay review, yearly reviews. That's Victorian. Mm. Now we're getting Victorian again because now we're, we've got a new disruptor in the workplace. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's, there's this assumption a little bit that we'll somehow just drift back to how we were pre-COVID. Yeah. And, you know, that's a huge thing for me is we, we, we have to intentionally introduce new ways of working. Um, and, um, you know, I know I'm repeating myself a little bit, but I think this, you know, to, to be eyes wide open that COVID successfully tackled the transactional side of work. But eyes wide open, I don't believe we've tackled the emotional side of work. And and we need new responses to tackle the emotional side. Things we haven't done before. And as I said, it's not inviting me to a pizza party. It's new emotional interventions that deliberately aim to connect people at at a human level. Because when you connect people, you create friendship. When you connect people, you have more collaboration. You feel you're part of a community as opposed to working alone. But that intentionalism is going to be key. Uh, It's not going to happen automatically. Uh, And and it isn't just simply about a, a be in the office or work at home. I, th- I think it, it requires us intentionally investing in some new ways of working. Because I remember like 30, 40 years ago, if you said to your boss you were you would stress them and health issues, your boss mm-hmm. would basically, first thing you think of, when can I fire this person? Whereas nowadays, that's top of your list. How do you make sure the person there is happy with you? Now, sometimes if you're overworked, stress comes in and other issues occur because of that. But nowadays, yeah. we, we, we think this is important Human well-being is, is top of our, our agenda. Yeah, but well, I think there's all sorts of reasons for that. I mean, one obviously is the cost of hiring and retaining staff. Uh, you know, and retention still a very hot issue. Maybe it's cooled a little recently, but it's still a, a big hot issue and expensive. Um, I think the other thing is that underperformance and high performance are both contagious. Yeah, underperformance, it turns out, is more contagious. Than high performance, yeah. <laughs> so it's in everybody's interest that you know you you face those issues front on, and it's every manager's new responsibility. You know, I mean, we've been talking about the industrial era in Victorian eras. You know, management is not about uh, command and control any longer, for sure. Management is totally, in my opinion, about coaching. It's about creating the environment where everybody is given an opportunity to be them their best, to bring their true selves to the workplace, bring their true diversity to the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where the emotional connectedness is so important. Um, and, and then when you create a, a high performance you know, ethos, it becomes contagious, that high performance. Yeah. And every, everybody rises, all boats rise. You mentioned another song, Let's Face Music and Dance. And the very first part of the song is maybe trouble ahead. So it's kind of like that, but in other words, if we can get through together, then yes. you can achieve you're good with the, You're good with the analogies, Roman. I, Ron, and I, I thought I was quite good with them too, but I think you finally met my match. Because yeah, I love music as well. And just the, the, those first words I could let trouble ahead, but when it's moonlight yeah. music and romance, if music and dance, and that to me is what it is, because if you're all together as a group, you, yes. you can get over this. 
Exactly. I mean, that's exactly it. And diversity, which is a big topic these days in, yeah. in among our clients too, has that analogy also. There's an, a famous analogy, you know, that diversity is being, uh, succeeding at diversity is being asked to the dance hall. Um, inclusion is being asked to dance by somebody. Yeah. But a true sense of belonging, where you have diversity, inclusion, and finally a true sense of belonging. True sense of belonging comes in when everybody got to play, they pick the playlist yeah. and dance. You know, that it, it's true, complete involvement. Um, and, and that's an area where, too, everything that I'm talking about, the boosting intentionally the emotional connectedness at work, yeah. we also see, you know, really positive results in that area, too, boosting a sense of belonging and, um, and, and inclusion. And I guess, before I finish off, how is it to retain top talent? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, everybody is in a battle for top talent. It's probably cooled a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in our space, it's, it's cooled a little, but, but not greatly. Um, I mean, I feel myself, if, if we are to have a recession, I, I feel it'll be short. Uh, and therefore, you know, you're going to want to be hanging on to the talent you've already got. You're going to want to be ready to attract more. And again, what we experience is, is you know, so, so, so much of the inbound talent, they're looking at the websites, how is this company viewed, what's the culture like, what do people say uh, about this uh, company, and that has stood work human itself yeah. in, great, in great stead. Uh, and our clients, I mentioned like LinkedIn uh, and, and Merck uh, Pharmaceuticals, they each put great effort into ensuring that new hires are recognized in their first 90 days. Yeah. Because it turns out it's one of the potentially loneliest times. Yeah, you're going through the onboarding, you're receiving all the information, but to be seen and recognized and distinctly thanked for something in the first 90 days, it cut in half in both of those companies, LinkedIn and, and Merck, it cut in half the likelihood that somebody was saying that they would now leave. Yeah, and to me the worst thing is when you're in a company and you're told you're in probation for six months or three months. Yeah, that's no, the worst true. thing you don't want you only hear that you want to hear basically someone come in he said and yeah. after a couple of days thanking you for basically uh fitting in with the culture or or been able to do do the job yeah i mean it's it's a, it, that's a governance tool for sure isn't yeah. it but what a headline you know to think you're on probation for 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 six months and uh you know that's what's resonating in your head instead it's like welcome and they ensure in the first 90 days we saw what you did at that meeting or with these colleagues, uh, we want to celebrate it. I mean, it sends a completely different message, and it's all the positive. Profession to me says, "I don't want to screw up." You, you're that worrying. Don't want to screw up. And yeah. when you're worrying about it, you will screw up because of that. Yes, yes, yes. No, it's true. It's it's true. You know, when you're worried, you. Uh, our, it turns out our minds have limited capacity for negative and yeah. positive thoughts. So when you push more negative thoughts into your mind, they tend, they, they tend to take over the majority, whereas the opposite is possible to do. Yeah. You can push more positive thoughts into our minds, and that's, of course, what you know, thanking, talking, celebrating is about yeah. uh, in, in our book, Making Work Human. You can fill the brain with these positive thoughts, and it just pushes down the space. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, yeah. I mean, this is not some Pollyanna thing. Of course, negative things happen in life, but just... Try to have the positive be more dominant in yeah. your mind. And on that note, I'll say thanks for a great conversation, Derek. That was really insightful, and I learned a lot from that today, and I hope listeners will Good. as well. Thank you very much, Ronan. It's a pleasure. We'll chat again, I'm sure. I yeah. enjoyed it. Thanks. Too.
Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.